Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues and missions that impact missionaries and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava. With me is Stephen Madoff. Well, hey there, Tony. We are on location. First time ever. I know. Usually we have done podcasts where you are away and I'm in I'm in the booth mm-hmm. and we have recorded that way and we have also reversed it where I am away, you're in the booth. Mm-hmm. But this time we are both away. Yeah. But we're together. <laughs> so <laughs> we are on location just participating in our annual mm-hmm. BIMI directors meeting. Uh, It's been a great week, too. It has. We are in a beautiful location in Kingston, Tennessee, at a beautiful um, resort, kind of hotel type of place. But the great thing has been just hearing the stories from the various field directors Mm -hmm. and talking about what the Lord's been doing in their respective parts of the world. I mean, we're hearing stories about people coming to Christ. We're hearing stories about ministries that are expanding. Uh, just amazing opportunities that have opened up. It's been pretty neat, even despite the pandemic and closures still that are ongoing. It's been cool. And even the numbers that have been given, um, you'd expect this major dip to have taken place in 2020. And a lot of times, if there is a dip, it's so small that it's almost not even worth mentioning or there wasn't and then there's always that that one thing that we've heard from every director is that kind of unknown since everybody on 2020 went online you know (laughs) not just with podcasts but with their services and streaming and all of that so there's no there's no really good way to accurately tabulate the numbers of, of maybe professions of faith or people who've gotten saved by listening to a live stream that wasn't there before. And also, it, it's been great. It's been encouraging to hear. It's been encouraging to listen to some of our directors preach. And, and uh, the common theme I've been hearing, at least one common theme, is God is still in control. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, yep. you know, we know that, but it's always good to be encouraged and yeah. kind of be, be reminded. It is neat. And, and it's just kind of encouragement, as you said, for even us as directors. And, and we're in the business, mm. but sometimes we can lose sight and we get caught in the minutia yeah. of things. But God mm-hmm. is still transforming lives and doing amazing things in the lives of individuals thousands of times over all around this world, just right. through the ministries of BIMI. And that's obviously mm-hmm. not, you think then about all the other ministries that are out there, right. it, God's yeah. still working. Yeah. You know, and we have been, through our last couple podcast episodes, talking about kind of the theme. If we were to carry out a, th- a theme forward, it would be those who have different ways people can be used in, in participating in the cause of missions, even if they are not, as I would say, traditional missionaries. Right. Uh, we have covered so far those that uh, in in episode number 49, we've talked about uh, those who may take jobs in foreign countries and mm-hmm. plug in at a company or plug in and start a business somewhere, but then mm-hmm. participating in, the, in evangelism in that foreign country. Right. Uh, we've talked about retirees retiring mm-hmm. and living in a different country under their pension that they get. Sure. Uh, and then plugging in with a at a missions church, and mm-hmm. and then of course I think we we started uh, back in like a, a podcast episode forty seven I think it was where we discussed uh, just those who have surrendered to go 
but yet they still end up, God never kind of sends them anywhere, so they're still there in their local mm-hmm. church, but their heart is for missions, and we spent a lot of time talking about that. And we're going to kind of carry that forward one more week to, I think, get into a topic that is so very relevant and so very important for missionaries and partnering churches to just consider about, you know, what happens when the world comes to you? Right. We we think so often about sending people to the foreign field, mm-hmm. and of course that's what we're about. Uh, but there, we also have to consider the fact that there are so many people who are coming from foreign lands to yes. the United States, yes. to our very communities, mm-hmm. and I mean, it represents so many different nations and so many different people groups, and mm-hmm. and God's bringing them to our back door, and that opens up a whole avenue for folks to reach and be involved, in a sense, in missions, crossing cultures, to connect with people yeah. for the cause of the gospel. Yeah, and we, we surely don't want to head down the political road on this Mm. podcast and have that conversation. Um, But this week, I I believe somebody mentioned that, you know, when we think of our southern border and the news is out there, everybody knows people are flooding across the southern border. Whatever our political viewpoints on that are, are for another topic on another day in a completely different format. But somebody made mention that they estimate there's at least a hundred different nationalities coming across that southern border. In other words, people from around the world have figured out a way to jump ahead in the immigration line. And again, we could, you know, a lot of people say, well, they shouldn't do that. Well, okay, but but they're here. That's right, yeah. And, and once they're here, uh, I, I don't see anything in the Great Commission that says, you know, Check their papers before you give them the gospel. <laughs> um, uh, I just got a I just got a prayer letter from one of our far north missionaries today, in in the area that in which he's ministering. His local government is implementing what they call a sanitation passport. It's another way of saying basically a vaccine passport. And he made the statement in his prayer letter is is we're called to give the gospel to vaccinated and unvaccinated people mm-hmm. and he said i'm really trying to work through how do how do how does that fit into ministry me having to check your papers before i can give you the gospel mm-hmm. and so i as we're going through this podcast i think it's kind of the same idea is uh, we're to preach the gospel to every creature if somebody comes across my path Following the model of Paul, who said, I am pure from the blood of all men. I take your record this day. Um, check it out. Paul wasn't figuring out, are you, you know, are you Samaritan? Are you Jewish? Are you Roman? He just gave the gospel to everybody he met. And that really, truly is our responsibility as well. I appreciate what you said about it. Regardless of what's going on in the political forum, and of course, that it is a hot topic issue, but we do have a multitude of people coming into our country that we have got to reach for the mm-hmm. cause of Christ. Right. You know, I remember one of the very first times I was ever exposed to this as, a, as an issue was way back, uh, back in my day, as they would say, uh, when I was on deputation. And 
I remember my wife and I were in North Carolina, and we were we preached at a church Sunday morning, and then mm-hmm. we we're going to go back that evening, but we had the afternoon off, mm-hmm. and so I, we just went to a mall just to kill time, as many missionaries on deputation have. They, you know, all those places that you kill time at. Well, ours was the mall on that Sunday afternoon. But it was the first time I had personally seen signs hanging from the stores, within the stores, uh, that were both English and Spanish. And I just, I remember making the comment to my wife. I think we were in JCPenney, actually. And I made the comment to my wife. And I said, wow, there must be a lot of Spanish people here in this area of North Carolina for them to have these signs out there because it wasn't something that I'd seen in my stores mm-hmm. back in Cleveland, Ohio, where I was from. And so that night we went to the church and said, wow, there must be a lot of Hispanic folks that are here in this area. And and one of the people we were talking to acknowledged, yeah, there are. So my, I remember my wife saying, so do you guys have like a Spanish ministry? And there, and the response was, uh, no. We, we don't want to encourage them to be here. They're here illegally. And my wife said, but it doesn't matter why they're here or how they got here. They are here. Mm-hmm. And, and the, again, the response from the person was, but we don't want to encourage them. So we don't want to reach out to them and, and encourage them to break the law. And that was the very first time I was ever confronted with that thought of, of like, wow, why wouldn't you be reaching out to these people? Mm-hmm. They're your neighbors. It goes back to the whole you know, question yeah. that the Pharisees asked or, to Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And it was just mm-hmm. kind of like, everybody is your neighbor. Sure. Uh, and, and so around us, even now sitting in 2021, or whenever going forward, if someone listens to this episode, we are inundated with people, and we've got to the cause of reaching those Mm-hmm. of different nationalities, different people groups, different cultures mm-hmm. in our own community. Yeah. I mean, think about just even if there's college towns, the, those that may listen and there's a lot of college and u- colleges and universities, people are coming from all over the world to go to United States campuses. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, most, even where we're based in Chattanooga, uh, the two colleges that we have in Chattanooga, they have a, a percentage of foreign students well, they're coming from places like India. They're coming from uh, Europe. They're coming from Africa. Boy, there's a res- we have a responsibility to try to reach those people, mm-hmm. uh, those churches in Chattanooga. Hey, plug in and connect with these right. folks and minister to them. Yep. And that can be repeated across this entire entire country. Sure. As you were talking about the we don't want to encourage them to, to stay, I, I think if we would think that through, Part of getting saved, uh, receiving Christ as Savior, the, is that your life is changed radically. You become a new creature in Christ. And you think about who's coming across this, the border and however they got here and all of that, whatever border. Maybe they, maybe they came in on a boat and they hit Miami shores. I don't know how they mm-hmm. got here. Um, I would say this. We should expect lost people to do things that are not always in accordance with our laws and standards and morals. What happens if we get reach them with the gospel and God changes their heart radically and they say, you know what? I did this wrong. I got here wrong. <laughs> Maybe I have to do it right. Or how about this? 
they they get saved and they get discipled and they go back to their country with the gospel. The problem of lawlessness, if you want to call it that, and coming across the border and all that kind of stuff, and again, we don't want to get political, but the way we stop lawlessness is not more laws, it is the gospel of Jesus Christ when we change hearts across and around the world. Hmm. And so to, to neglect that great opportunity because we don't want to encourage them to stay. I don't even know how that would encourage them to stay, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, a church is friendly. I, I love America. I mean, <laughs> but anyway, but it is just, you know, so for churches to take up this cause as, as a missions endeavor, because think mm-hmm. about it, there's a lot of similarities besides the travel, which they don't have to do as far as the, the church person attendee. Yeah. Um, they just go to their neighborhood but they don't have the foreign travel, but they do have learning a different culture. Mm-hmm. Because, and again, and I know, you know, there is this idea, hey, if they're in America, they should all be Americans. <laughs> but Indian people coming from India, they are still have Indian culture, no matter if they're in the United States or not. Right. And so it is just like what a missionary going overseas has to adjust to understand how they think, because mm-hmm. people in a foreign land think different than what we in a Western world would. They eat different foods. They dress different. They just everything. Their life is different. Right. So just because they're here studying or just making making a new life in America doesn't mean that instantly their culture has changed, their language has changed, or their thinking has changed to, to be fit in with us. No, and so it is important for even churches to say, okay, let me understand, as I consider the demographics of, of foreigners in my community, I need to learn their culture to minister to them rather right. than forcing them to into my culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real struggle for people because again the whole well they're in America they should be like Americans. Well, mm-hmm. it's not it doesn't necessarily work that way. And so you still have to talk to them, learn aspects of their culture, learn learn about their food, ask questions. Mm-hmm. That's one of the easiest ways to connect with people is to go up to them and and strike up a conversation and ask them about their culture, their background, their nation. And from that, Mm -hmm. uh, foster a relationship on which you can use to to get into the gospel and and Mm -hmm. to show them Christian love and things of that nature. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think there is some merit to say, hey, assimilate because that's what missionaries do right they go to a place and they kind of learn the culture and they try their best to adapt and we've covered that on other podcasts and so there's a place for that but are we truly going to neglect people and not give them the gospel or disciple them because they won't learn our american way Uh, that doesn't seem to fit into the Great Commission as I read it in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe maybe as you disciple people, you help them to learn the value of learning other cultures as well, but there's value in us learning theirs also mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that we can connect and so that we can, we can carry out our part of the Great Commission. And I think that in this day and age where so many things are uncertain with missionaries and can they stay in in a country, especially some of the creative access countries and all of this, 
Um, I was just having a conversation with one of our one of our uh, co-workers in the in the World Mission Center today on this very topic, and he was talking about creative access countries and and all, and he said maybe maybe some of these people who can't stay can find a ministry back here to the very people that they're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. And, and my my response was, of course they can, because the whole world has come to North America. This makes me really excited because part of North America is Canada, part of my far north mm-hmm. field. And we've talked about that, so I'm not going to hit it again, except for to say that, you know, we do have missionaries who started off in closed access mm-hmm. countries. Um, actually, missionaries who were, you were uh, one time the, the director <laughs> for, and now work in the far north. Under you. Uh, because, uh, or, or with us, I think, is, is a good way to say it, but uh, because the creative access was no longer there and yet they could find those same people that God had laid upon their heart and they had a passion for and had already taken some time to learn the language and learn the mm-hmm. learn the culture and they have connected uh, with those people. Um, I don't know that it works to just say you know what I'm called to I'm called to let's use the example of Chinese people okay because Vancouver Canada has the, the largest uh, population of Chinese outside of mainland China in the world. Um, and we do, and I know some missionaries who said, you know, I'd like to reach Chinese um, people. So I'm, but I'm not going to try to get to China or I can't get into China. So I'm going to go to Vancouver. But one of the things they didn't do or a number of things they didn't do, they didn't learn the language. They didn't learn the culture. And they didn't put themselves where those Chinese people were living. Hmm. Not surprising that they don't have a lot of Chinese people in their churches. You need to do those things to minister to people. Yeah, It's so important. I think of what Paul said, and uh, he said, look, I've become all things to all men that I might by all means win some. Yeah. You know, so. To connect with these folks from different cultures is going to stretch the average person. You know, because we like our little bubble and we like it's our things. stretch missionaries. Yeah. It, 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 you know, I, I think of when I was in, in Australia even, and there was the town I was in had a lot of different nationalities. We, we had refugees from the Middle East. We had a lot of, that came to our place. Um, we had a lot of Tongans. We had a lot of South Africans. And one of the things I can think about is, is Tongans, well, they have a different culture. I mean, just everything about them is different compared to the average Australian. But I learned their sports and like rugby. They play rugby. Mm-hmm. And so I remember going to going to rugby games to meet the Tongans mm-hmm. and to talk with them and then going to a Tongan uh, house to talk to them and then even went to a Tongan church service to get to know them and then was able to minister to some. And I was learning these things because I wanted to, to minister to the Tongans in my community. Mm-hmm. And and so I was trying to pick the brain of tell me about their culture, tell me about your your way of life and what your interests are. And so I learned a lot about different Tongan things. South Africans, mm-hmm. same thing. There was a lot of South Africans in my town, and so I talked to a lot of South Africans and tried to connect with them that way. Sure. And it took me out of my comfort zone because here I am in the Australian culture. But now I'm stretching that to adapt to another. Mm -hmm. And so when people are thinking about the world coming to our communities, we have got to learn. Mm -hmm. And 
some of these things just to bridge these gaps. That's what it's all about, bridging uh, bridging the gaps that are there mm-hmm. so that we can open up doors for the cause of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think even while well, we see that in scriptures, I think one of the great examples and stories that I cling to a lot is about this idea is Lydia in in the book of Acts. Mm. Uh, the scripture says that she was from Thyatira. She was the seller of purple. But then here she is in uh, Macedonia. If you ever look on a map, that's a different section. Sure. She traveled. It doesn't say clearly in Acts 16, but my guess, if I was to kind of creatively read Scripture, is that she probably went from point A to point B for the purpose of commerce. Hmm. And, boy, that happens. You know, people... All the time. And, and what happens? Paul's there in Macedonia. He's in Philippi. He comes upon her. Next thing you know, she comes to know Christ as her Savior after mm-hmm. a conversation. And, and so I, that story challenges me because I think Paul was there and you had a, la- a foreign lady in the city. And, and again, my guess would be for commerce. Mm. She started a business there. Maybe yeah. she could find better seller. You know, people would buy it in, in Philippi versus Thyatira, whatever the reason may be. But Paul ministered. And I think of all the foreigners who have hotel, hotels, gas stations, so on and so forth. Rather than complaining, yeah. oh, they're taking all our jobs. No, there's an opportunity. That could be the next Lydia, in a sense, sure. and reach them for the cause of Christ. Yeah. It, it brings us back to what you mentioned at the beginning as well, and that's our, our college towns and university towns as well, where we do have a huge number of foreign students. They're here uh, to get an education, but but every stat that you ever read tells you that they're also at a very impressionable age and that they are at that point questioning pretty much everything under the sun mm-hmm. and and are therefore very open to have spiritual conversations and what an opportunity to give them the gospel uh, again you you can think of okay they came here to get an education to be an, an engineer or a nurse or or whatever maybe they do that or maybe they get saved and they go back as a missionary or maybe they do get that education as an engineer or nurse but they still go back to their country now with the gospel as well and you know a lot of these foreign students do come uh, for the purpose of gaining the education that's offered here in the states and then returning home to their countries and a lot of those countries are uh, third world or creative access places and wow, could we send them back with the gospel as well? And they can make inroads where, where we would, an American missionary would take decades to. Yeah. We have to be, um, we have to be more strategic in our carrying out of the Great Commission as the world changes. And I think you said it maybe in the last podcast is shrinking rapidly in, in regards to borders and mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff and the. Uh, ability to travel uh, we could look at this time and say it's no good everything's wrong and we're being flooded by on our southern border this that and the other or we could look at this time and say god is doing amazing things and opening amazing doors and giving us opportunities and heaven forbid we should neglect them yeah 
Yeah. You know. I would recommend any any pastor or even any missionary that listens to this episode. These are some things I would recommend that they do. Number one, I would say just Google search the demographics of your community. Yeah. There, I mean, you can find those stats online. There's maybe contact a local um, county clerk or whatever and just say, hey, what, what's the demographics? Find out the people who are mm-hmm. there. Uh, contact the, the colleges. You, I mean, people people promote those numbers because every college likes to promote that they multinational. You yeah. know, we have foreigners from 12 different countries that come mm-hmm. here. And so, like, learn, number one, learn who who's in your community. Yep. But then secondly, I would encourage pastors to encourage folks in the church to try to connect with folks. And then thirdly, tied to that, maybe connect with a missionary who kind of has some training or understanding or connection sure. with that certain people group in yep. your community, bring them in and have them help you. They mm. say, hey, I, you know, if someone on deputation right. who's going to, say, China or something, mm-hmm. hey, we have a lot of Chinese people in our community. Hey, missionary, why don't you come on in in the month of September and and talk to us about how we can connect them. Tell us what we can learn. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and use the missionaries who kind of spend their time learning these cultures. Pick their brain right? so that you can have some information on which to connect with those in the community. So I would say learn the culture. Uh, figure out who's in your culture. Learn the culture. Connect with missionaries. And then you know, sometimes I would say number four, figure out how you can connect with the culture by celebrating some of the things that they celebrate. Mm-hmm. For example, a lot of cultures have festivals, holidays, and maybe plug in and celebrate. Hey, we want to celebrate Chinese New Year. Yep. And hey, we, let's have uh, Asian folks of our community, we want to celebrate you as a church. Come on in, we want to celebrate Chinese New Year. Or Independence of India Day. And that's still a big thing mm-hmm. for people all across. So there's going to be Indians in America celebrating the Independence Day of India. Mm-hmm. And so doing something, that, hey, let's have a festival. You know, thinking of ways to bridge. Mm-hmm. Again, trying to connect with these folks. There's lots of ways. Right. I know you and I, in, in in prep of this, you talked about in Arizona. And again, right. you would have lots of different nationalities in the area using soccer. The national sport of the world outside the United States. <laughs> exactly. I had to learn how to play soccer yeah. because I had a bunch of VBS age and then teenagers as well, Central and South Americans, whose sport was not football that I played in high school and, you know, other things. It was soccer. Mm-hmm. But we could connect over a soccer yeah. game, and and I'll never forget the first night um, that we, when when we went out visiting for VBS and we met this community that we could minister to, we met them playing soccer. They were playing soccer, so we played soccer with for with a little bit, and then we they came to our vacation Bible school, and then we came back and we came back with a soccer ball in our hand. And, and I remember hearing them say to each other, they actually came back to see us. Mm. And, and then we began to play soccer with them once a week and actually pick them up on our bus and take them to the soccer field and then take them out to eat. But at the same time, give them the gospel. And we saw children and teenagers receive Christ as Savior that we would not have been able to connect with had we not done those things. 
as we talk about this and you talk about bringing missionaries in, what a great idea. We, we have adapted that idea by and large in so many churches in what we now have Spanish departments or mm-hmm. Spanish ministry. And we bring somebody in who knows that, can speak the language, and they kind of run that Spanish department, Spanish ministry, or they start a church out of our church, a Spanish church. Well, the whole world's here now. Mm-hmm. So it's time to start looking at the other cultures as well and and take advantage of what God has done in bringing the world to us. We're going to still have to send missionaries around the world. There's no doubt about it. That's Absolutely. always going to be a part of carrying out the Great Commission, but not to the neglect of reaching those God is bringing to our doorstep. And one last thing I'd like to just say, and I think it's a great encouragement about it all, is that when they're in their let's just say people in their their country of origin again just to use india because or or china it's you know when you got over a billion people and they travel all over they go all over the world so easy easy examples okay so when they're in china okay they have that whole culture that's there well it's it will be hard to try to bring the gospel to them. There's a lot of barriers. It's not impossible because people are doing it all the time, but there's a lot of barriers that you have to go through. Family barriers, societal barriers, things of that, that nature. But if they come here, there's there, there are less barriers. Not saying it's going to be completely easier, mm-hmm. but there are less barriers sure. uh, because they're not in that environment that is just promoting Hinduism mm-hmm. or Shintoism. Right. Well, now they are one Hindu believer in a community that may not have that many Hindu believers. Mm-hmm. And so you... That pressure, that that societal pressure that says this is what you have to be, is not there mm-hmm. anymore because they're not in that home country, so they're here. So it may be easier to strike up a conversation, to enter into mm-hmm. dialogue, and they don't have that uh, as strong pounding in their ears that idea that this is who you are, this is who we are, right. because now they're in a foreign land, they're exposed mm-hmm. to different things, they are the minority, and mm-hmm. there is a benefit to that, an openness that mm-hmm. may not be there if they were in their home yeah. country. Or the persecution that they might face as yes. well. Yes, And And that is just an amazing opportunity that the Lord has given to us. This has been a a very interesting uh, conversation for myself. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope that it's a help to you who are listening. Thank you for taking the time to spend this time with us this week. And and every week we do count it a privilege to meet with you and to have these conversations with you. If you'd like to continue the conversation, our contact information, as always, is in the show notes. And until next time, have a great week in the Lord. <laughs>